Welcome to Scooting Commuting. Your host, Matthew Hanyadel, is bringing you a series of podcasts to inform you about how to scoot into the city, how to cut some costs, how to maintain your scooter, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get ripping. As we get started on our fourth episode, I wanted to thank you for tuning in to Scooting Commuting. As a listener, I'd like you to subscribe if you like this so you can get all the future scooting commuting updates and stay connected. Also, if you have any questions or just want to reach out, why don't you hit me up with an email, scootingcommuting at gmail.com. And who knows, you could actually be the first to fill up my inbox. Last week, I'd finished up all the adventures of my moped story. And I'd sold that for roughly $400. So I didn't have a way to scoot with any kind of engine to work. And I kind of liked that for a little bit. I'm going to tell you what happened next as we keep going through the story of my commuting adventures. As most of you are familiar with the Boston area The price of living is quite substantial, and we had lived for about six years out of an apartment uh, in various locations around the city. As fun as that is, it has its limitations, and especially commuting, uh, you don't really have the best place to store your bikes and equipment and have a little workshop. So things changed. We ended up finding a nice single-family home down in Dedham, Massachusetts. It was the right price, great location, fairly easy commute to work, and the only challenge was it didn't have the best MBTA access. So what I'll explain is on those really sour weather days when the sleet's coming, there's ice on the roads, and there could even be a couple feet of snow, the only real option is to take the MBTA. It's the safest and most reliable for that type of weather. Well, in those cases, uh, feeling that I needed some other option besides a bicycle, we uh, opened up the conversation to get some kind of motorized scooter. The scooter would provide a pretty easy way to get to work. They could travel upwards of 25 miles an hour, and you didn't have to do things like mix gas and oil together or pedal them to get them to go you you pretty much just hop on i start them up with the electronic start and you're off and going scooters really offer a lot they have a nice storage compartment underneath the seat so you can take your bag lunch to work without feeling like it's gonna get smashed to bits Uh, Some of them also have built-in USB chargers, so you can hook up things like heated handlebar grips or some way to charge your cell phone, or if you really want, you could hook up lights or anything else that plugs into USB. They're pretty convenient, and frankly, there's a lot of people already out there that ride on scooters, so I thought this seems like a pretty good option. So I did what anybody else would do. I went online, took a look at the very inexpensive expensive Chinese scooters on Amazon. And not to knock them, but they seem to be something that would last you for about a year. 
and then would fall apart. I wanted something that would last at least five years, maybe 10. Uh, could maybe last over 10,000 miles, if not more. So it had to be kind of rugged to handle the rough terrain of the roads, potholes and sticks and branches and gravel roads that I'd be taking it on. It had to last at least through a few winters, so something that had some pretty good coatings and uh, longevity in terms of the drivetrain and wheels and all of that seemed to be uh, worth looking into. So a lot of the scooters online would come unassembled as well. So I wanted something that was built and had a factory warranty. That ended me up going to a place that is actually no longer in business, but it's called uh, Scooters Go Green. So I took a stop in and saw that they had a few scooters and I took a few for a test drive. I tried the inexpensive Chinese scooters and then I tried something that really caught my eye. It was a Roughhouse 50. That thing just looked pretty gnarly for a scooter. It looked like you could show up to work with a little bit of class after you hit the dirt roads and shredded up the tires a little bit and uh, it would keep rocking and cruising through just about anything. So I took that for a spin and was instantly surprised at the pickup and speed and efficiency of that little monster. So 50 cc's and a whole bunch of fun, I wound up taking that thing home. And I was really surprised at the performance, the longevity, at the gnarly tires. And the nice thing was, is you could really spread out on that thing. It had some pretty front-facing foot extenders. You could just sit back and kind of lean back a little bit and stick your feet out, sort of like a Harley. So I had that going for me now. And goodbye were the days of the moped where I had to kickstart that thing with the pedals and run down a long hill and pop the clutch, so to speak. This thing, you just sat on it, pressed a button, held the brake, and that thing just turned over. So it had a lot of things going for it, and frankly, it seemed like it was going to hold up pretty good. So you're probably asking, how did it do? How does a scooter really do compared to a moped or even biking? So I'll give you a few points of reference. I commute about 10 miles each way. So it's city commuting. It has its uh, speedy areas, traffic areas, some rough patchy roads, uh, a lot of stop signs and stoplights, some narrow stretches, some pretty wide open stretches. It's quite a mix. I will say that for the majority of the ride, there's an ample bike lane. And that's one of the biggest advantages of being a scooter. You can actually ride right in the lane with all the cars, but you can also ride in the lane that's suited just for bikes, as long as you pay attention to not run any bikers off the road. So with that in mind, at stoplights, you can casually pass all the traffic on the right. With safety in mind and watching out for doors and mirrors and any other thing that might pop out at you, it's frankly worked pretty well for me. So that eliminates most of the traffic headaches, and you can also avoid being clipped by oncoming traffic. 
So it's pretty safe, come to think of it. And what you have on that scooter, as opposed to a bike, is you got a nice big sounding horn. So that sure has come in handy. And if you know Boston driving, having a horn is pretty much like having a gas pedal. You use it pretty often, and I do. It's nice to show people where you are, make sure you, people can see you coming through an intersection, or even to alert uh, slow pedestrians occasionally, just to make sure that everybody knows that you're here and just please don't run into me. One of the other advantages of riding a scooter is you can show up to work not only faster, but with no sweat. That means you just show up, pop your helmet off, and stroll right into work. It's pretty convenient for the most part, and most people can't even tell how you got to work, which is pretty awesome. So it really kind of flattens the curve. And lastly, as you could probably imagine, you can park them for free just about anywhere in the city. Whereas most people are shelling out over two to $300 a month just to park their car, not having to foot that bill saves you roughly anywhere between two to $3,000 a year. And frankly, that's about the cost of a scooter. So give that some thought. Well, that concludes our podcast for this week. Really appreciate you tuning in and listening to Scooting Commuting. Be sure to leave your reviews or comments on Apple Podcasts. You can also email me any question or review at scootingcommuting at gmail.com. We'd be great to hear from you. And thanks again. Catch you later and keep on ripping.